Charlie Brown? He's doing the chop, baby! Oh, no! What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello! From the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode 20. Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDownWV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know? Facebook page for Unreasonable Doubt. Find it, hit the blue thumb, follow the podcast there. Unreasonable Doubt merch. Link to the online store in the show notes. Click it. Check it out. Back to player profiles. The next tallest guy in the player profile offseason bit. Senior Taz Sherman. 6'3 guard from Texas. A couple of weeks ago when I was talking about Shot Robot, told you about the second year bump for junior college guards that Huggins brings in to Morgantown. I told you about the improvement of senior Jay Sean Page. I told you about the improvement from one year to the next year for senior Casey Mitchell. Second year Tariq. Listen to that episode or don't. I'm just telling you. They have their first season and it's fine. And then they had their second season and it's way better than the first season. So I don't know if it applies a shot robot, it should apply the Taz Sherman. My first impression of Taz was at the blue and gold scrimmage that didn't have any gold in it. I'll, I won't get into that. But seeing Taz for the first time, he stood out as a guy who could get his shot. Mid-range, three-point shot, he can get open and do that dribble, and then shoot the ball. He had flashes of that during the season, in his first season with WVU. Five points a game, 13 minutes average per game. So close to shot robot, a little bit behind him in in the point total and the minutes rate. Taz, bad three-pointing shooting team, right? West Virginia was terrible at three-point shots. So, but Taz was the best of the group, okay? And he was second at attempts. So it wasn't like a Spencer Mackey situation where he only shot like five or six for the year. He shot a lot of threes and he was the best percentage wise. All right. What else? Best free throw shooting percentage on the team. The caveat to that is. He had the second, or behind Spencer Mackey, the lowest free throw attempt rate of the team. So best free throw shooter doesn't get to the line very much. In his first season, Taz, not driving all the way to the rim, definitely mid-range and three-point shots uh, were his specialty. So when you're doing that, doesn't get you to the line to cash in on that. Here's an interesting Taz Sherman stat from last year. Five times during the season, Taz scored in double figures. 
WVU went two and three in those games. So it wasn't when Taz was having a good night, like his best point performance was in the loss at Baylor and West Virginia never had a chance to win that game. And that was a great Taz Sherman game. There's not correlation there. I'm just saying it didn't when Taz was doing well points wise last year, it didn't mean the WBU was going to have a good night. That being said, I really believe, and nobody's reporting this, everybody that I'm reading on the internet that know way more about this than I do, have Kedrian Johnson in the starting lineup. I really think Taz could crack the starting lineup. It it may not stay, but I think first game of the year, if there's a season... First game of the year, I really think Taz Sherman is going to be in the starting lineup. And because of that second-year bump, if he had five points a game last year in 13 minutes, can't you picture Taz averaging more than 20 minutes a game this year in a senior year? And the minutes that are available, right? Chase minutes that somebody's going to get. Jermaine Haley minutes that somebody's going to get. Why not Taz? Why not Taz get some of those, have the second-year bump, improve his mid-range shot, keep shooting the same number of threes, maybe shoot a little bit better, and I think Taz is going to be a big contributor for this WVU team if they have the season. Taz Sherman. I'm excited. You know, I always end these uh, player profiles with, I'm I'm excited to see fill-in-the-blank play. It applies to Taz. I'm looking forward to his senior year at WVU. I'm looking forward to college basketball. You know, they're saying, you know, we're in a pandemic. NCAA, very committed to having the 2021 NCAA tournament. So at least there's that, right? And that's months away. And who knows what could be happening in the spring of 2021. We got to get through 2020 first. And technically, college basketball is supposed to start in November of 2020. Football's going to play. Some are going to play as of the recording of this podcast. We'll see. You know, not being a doctor or somebody who makes those decisions. I guess my take about what's going to happen with the college basketball season, we'll see. Random random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Dyer Prime Creative Group. They have a special going on right now. We're in a pandemic. There's mandates to wear masks when you go in the stores, in the schools, you know, in the buildings. Dire Prime can help you with your mask needs. Are you needing a large number of masks for your company, school, or organization? They've got quality, constructed polyester masks. Single color design on one side of these masks in various sizes, and they're $5 each. 
What a deal. Get in on this mask deal. Collar text Dyer Prime, 304-767-4445. Find them on the web at dyerprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down. I told you my expert opinion about what's going to happen with the college basketball season. Basketball is being played at a professional level right now. There is a competitor. Listen, I don't want to say this lightly. And maybe it's because of pandemic. But there is now a competitor to the NCAA tournament for best days of the year to be a basketball fan. And I'm talking about bubble NBA playoff basketball. Here's the pitch, right? Four games every day from like 2 o'clock until midnight. It's basketball. Little breaks here and there. But you've got four games spread out throughout the day. Out. You know, it's not 32 games over two days, but games that matter every <laughs> every hour from 2 to midnight, neutral court, the bubble, it takes out home court advantage, so that's similar to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's not single game elimination, so that's not that exciting, but it is playoff basketball, best of seven. There's no home court advantage, so there's a that leads to the opportunity for more random results because of the different environment, right? This is different. They haven't played the NBA NBA playoffs in one place. Maybe they have, but it was back like when it was like an actual basket, maybe <laughs> like an actual clothes. I don't know what kind of basket, like a picnic basket. What? What basket was it at the beginning? <laughs> I mean, I could Google that. It obviously started with a basket. Did somebody take a picnic basket? I, I mean, I don't know. How how many different baskets are there? I'm I am not familiar with baskets. I've lived a sheltered life. Anyway, I'm getting off the point here. No fans, digital fans, but no fans there. No travel. You just wait a couple days and then play again. No getting on a plane or going anywhere. You just go back to the hotel with the other teams, and then you come back out and you play more basketball. So that's, you know, that's different, and I'm enjoying that. Not that part of it, because you don't see that. But uh, it's leading to, I don't know, because of the break, because of pandemic. Uh, I don't know, but I'm enjoying the product. No weird pauses in the schedule. The one thing about the first round of the NBA, normally, non-pandemic, there's there's no greater gap of basketball enjoyment than first round of NBA playoffs versus first round of the NCAA tournament. Right? Like at the beginning of the first round of the NBA, there's like eight games in two days. Like they they 
they bombard you with basketball. And then for what seems like a month, they spread the games out. There's no first round NBA games, non-pandemic, uh, at 2 p.m. <laughs> so it gives you two, maybe three games a night, and they hide one on NBA TV, right? But you've got uh, it spread out. And if games, you know, if series go longer, then, you know, it could take forever. Playoff bubble, it's just every other day. And I'm really enjoying that. It's way better. It's still not as good as the first round of the NCAA tournament, but we're closer, right? What else do I like about the bubble? NBA Twitter, which is one of my favorite Twitters. Uh, with this amount of basketball, you can check in and read NBA Twitter. It's great. It's just more steady. I enjoy that. Uh, what else? Oh, Damian Lillard. Specific to this NBA bubble, D- Damian Lillard, this is what offense, professional basketball offense, is in the year 2020. And nobody bats an eye at it. I mean, it's, it catches your eye, but it's not, you can't argue with the result. Damian Lillard... Everybody knows that he can shoot from way far out, right? And yet, he will dribble the ball down because he's the point guard. And he can, once he get past, there's something about not wanting to shoot before half court. I think he could do it and feel comfortable with it. But one step over half court, he is willing, the offense is, the play is, once you step over half court, uh, Mr. Lillard, shoot the basketball. And you know what happens? <laughs> it goes in, and sometimes the net doesn't even move. And that is amazing. Because, well, I'm just trying to picture that offense working in like 1992. Uh, nope. Nope. But everybody's cool with that, and I'm definitely cool with that. It's amazing. CJ McCollum playing in the bubble with, my understanding, a broken back. And he's, it doesn't, <laughs> it, you know, sometimes it looks like he's playing with a broken back, and sometimes he's doing things that make you think, how is he doing that? Oh, and he has a broken back. So shout out to CJ McCollum. He's doing well. Uh, Nurchik. Nur- how do you say that guy's name? Nurchik? I don't want to be disrespectful. N- Nurkik? The center for Portland. He's getting all the rebounds. He's been injured all year. He comes back to the bubble. It makes Portland a way better team. I like his hair. I like everything about his game. Big fan. And you don't I don't catch a lot of Portland games that are not in the pandemic because, you know, it's on the opposite as far away from West Virginia as possible. So that's the usually the 1030 game. There's no 1030 games in the NBA bubble. The last one starts at nine. Amazing. Pro positive for the NBA playoffs. 
What else? Uh, okay, I, I guess I've played my hand. I like everything about what's going on with the Portland Trail Blazers. And they may not be, make it past the first round. But everything I've told you about the players on Portland, Skinny Mellow, forgot about Skinny Mellow, enjoying that. Hassan Whiteside gets in and plays a little bit sometimes, even though they play way better without him on the floor. But seeing Whiteside is fun. Basically, I'm really enjoying the Portland Trail Blazers in the bubble. And then when I think about the Portland Trail Blazers now, it makes me think about everything I know about the Portland Trail Blazers in the course of my life. And that's pretty much early 90s Blazers, right? Clyde Drexler. You know, everybody, well, not everybody. A lot of people focus on LeBron James' hairline. Clyde Drexler was playing with the horseshoe. Like, he was he was rocking the Costanza haircut while being one of the best players in the NBA. And there was no, you know, he just kept it tight, you know? Kept it cut, didn't have, get it grow long, did not do the Michael Jordan, kept the horseshoe, okay? So, hairline talk is not a new thing. But the hairline, <laughs> the Clyde Drexler... One of the best, probably the best player that has a horseshoe haircut, okay? And that's not a haircut. I'm balding, too. It's just, that's just how life happens. Life comes at you quick. Kevin Duckworth, rest in peace. I'm telling you, uh, I don't know how good Kevin Duckworth was at basketball, but every time, I, every time I've seen him on a basketball court, I thought... And I still think this now. If Kevin Duckworth is on your side of the tug of war rope, you're never losing. Like if they're Kevin Duckworth, to my understanding, not in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Kevin Duckworth, if there was a tug of war Hall of Fame, unanimous, <laughs> unanimous. Hall of Fame first ballot. He's in. I can't imagine losing. Like, you just, if you're on his team, you don't even have to, you're only moving backwards. And if you just want to stand and hang out, if Duckworth's on the rope, you're not going anywhere. Kevin Duckworth, double zero. And this double zero, (laughs) because of, he was a big guy is what I'm telling you. Super tall, super big. Uh, would not translate well in, in, in today's NBA. But in the early 90s, he got it done. And uh, because he wore double zero, it looked like... <laughs> I mean, basically like two hula hoops. Two white hula hoops on the front of his jersey for double zero. Anyways, who? what else? Terry Porter. I've got lots of early 90s Portland thoughts. Terry Porter, you know, Terry Porter, I only think of as a three-point shooter. Some of that is because uh, he, him and Drexler were the team on the original NBA Jam for your Nintendo or your Sega. No, it wasn't Nintendo. Sega Genesis, right? And when I played with Portland, I'd play with Terry Porter because he could, he could totally drain threes. And then I think, you know, NBA Jam shot a lot of threes. Early 90s NBA, not a lot of threes. 
even though the three-point line had been around for a while. So I went back on basketball reference. Terry Porter, at his peak, and that's early 90s Portland Terry Porter, he averaged four threes a game. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, like the over-seven-foot guy that plays for Dallas, that guy averaged seven a game this year. <laughs> And there's like 60 guys in the NBA that average at least four threes a game. But Terry Porter, he was like top, top of the list as far as numbers of threes attempted back in 1993. What I mean, what are we talking about? Anyway, what, <laughs> given the circumstances, NBA bubble, great. Competitor to the first couple of rounds of the NBA or of the NCAA tournament, but it's still it's not it's not my favorite. I like it, not as good as the NCAA tournament. Also, you know, one nitpick of the NBA bubble: hey, virtual fans, and I don't know how you get your spot in the virtual crowd. Don't want to know, but um. Listen, your dog doesn't your dog doesn't care about basketball. Okay, so when you put him in front of the digital your your camera, I um it's just it's not it's just stop doing that, okay? For the dog. Like the dog doesn't like it. That's my take. Dogs do not want to be virtual fans in the NBA bubble. You might. Humans, I guess it makes sense. If you're a virtual fan, are you just looking at a camera? Or are you actually watching the game? Is the game on your screen while you're looking at your camera? I don't know how it works. Don't want to know how it works. What I'm saying is, leave the dog out of it. Okay? The bubble. NBA playoffs. Fantastic. Final thoughts coming up. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. A couple of things hot off the presses. A couple of very recent news stories to share with you. Recent as of the recording of this podcast, which you can listen to, you know, not quickly. But as of right now, Sagamakanate, big news. He has accepted a contract to play in Spain this coming season. The top league of Spain. He'll be playing for Basket Zaragoza. Hope I didn't butcher that. Pretty good team in the top level in Spain. They ended sixth last season, according to the internet. The top league of Spain is one of like it's one of the best leagues in Europe, and thus one of the best basketball leagues in the world. They have Barcelona. They have Real Madrid. Uh, Barcelona has former NBA players on it. Real Madrid, that's where Luka Doncic came from. So, top league in Spain. Congrats to Sagabacanate. Also tonight, the NBA draft lottery took place. In the lottery was the Phoenix Suns. If you haven't listened to the last episode with Sam Cooper, where we talked about Javon Carter and his year with the Suns, check that out. As of that recording, 
the Suns were undefeated in the bubble. They ended up going 8-0 in the bubble, and it was still not enough to crack the playoffs. So they put all the, the teams that don't make the playoffs in a hat, shake it up. I don't think that's true. I think there's like a, a ping pong ball situation. Uh, and Phoenix ends up with the 10th pick in the 2020 NBA draft. And so mock drafts already out, hot off the presses, based on what the draft order is. I believe Minnesota got the first pick. Golden State, who was slumming it this season due to numerous injuries and Kevin Durant leaving. They get the second pick in the NBA draft, and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry will be healthy next year. So, good for Golden State, I guess. Anyways, I'm telling you all this because the ESPN mock draft for Phoenix at 10, they have Phoenix picking a 6'5 point guard from France who was born in Florida. And for Javon Carter's future with Phoenix, how about Phoenix don't pick a point guard? You got a point guard, Javon Carter. Say, hey, Javon, we'll give you money. Won't you keep playing for us? And he'll say, yeah, sure, that sounds good. But that may throw that in the jeopardy if Phoenix picks a point guard. And guess what? In the top 10, like three or four of the guys are point guards. The pick at number nine, and it's just a mock draft. They don't know. But the top prospects, uh, a lot of them are point guards. So there's a good chance that Phoenix will pick a point guard. That may affect Javon's Carter, uh, Javon Carter's future with Phoenix. So as soon as we know more, and by when we know more was like when the NBA draft happens, and I don't know when that happens. We'll see. And that will affect... And I'll keep you posted on Javon Carter's status in the NBA. Tune in to Unreasonable Doubt for up-to-date news about Javon Carter. Or just, you know, be on Twitter or be on the internet. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Or just pick one. Apple Podcasts is great. Spotify is great. Overcast is great. They're all great. You know, another great one. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Pocket Casts. Hit the subscribe button. I think that helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season, they're zero and zero.